That Tattoo Show is sponsored by Electron, Tattoo Everything Supplies and Total Tattoo Magazine. Thanks for your support, guys. What is happening? Welcome back to another weekly episode of That Tattoo Show. We stream everywhere, every Sunday. We are obviously on YouTube and we are an audio podcast. I am... One of your hosts, Chris. I'm your other host, Paul. And have we ever got a show for you this week, guys? Oh, I think we have. I think we have. It's about criticism, doom scrolling and cognitive bias. Yes, we're talking about the internet, kids. <laughs> Do you know what, right? Because like, you're going to have to drop a C-bomb here because that is a lot more polite than what I would have said. It's like, we're, we've got one hell of a show for you this week, kids. Yeah. We're going to be talking about... <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to start with all the stuff because by now, you know, we've all, we all know, you know, the, the problems of social media and the post-truth era, you know, doom scrolling is bad, doom slinging is bad. Uh, it's all the media's fault. Algorithms prioritise outrage. Uh, you don't feed the trolls. Uh, instead, I'm going to use a couple of real world examples that have happened to the show and to me in recent months. But before we get into all of that, Chris has got the news for you. Chris. Yo, bro. What's in the news, man? Thank you, Phoenix Benjamin, for uh, getting me out of that nonsense. <laughs> he's the guy. Do you remember I told you somebody commented uh, and he's one of his uncles, I believe. Oh, the yeah, music he's, man. he's like massively into the music scene. That's his name. That's his name. Dave the Music Man. Dave the Music Man. You know what I mean? Brilliant. He's related to one of Leonard Skinner, which is pretty fucking cool. That is pretty fucking cool. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the news that I have for you, like at the time, obviously this is recent news at the time of filming this, you're going to see it, 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 obviously you're watching this later on and it's going to be old news. Um, it's quite sad news. The oh King, no, sad yeah, news. The king of dot work, a man that has possibly pioneered that whole kind of like dot work style of tattooing. Zedler Head uh, sadly passed that's away. A, that's a terrible shame, that is. I, w- I would go as far to say is th- uh, with Zed, is he so influential that at this point, is there a tattooist that he hasn't influenced in some way because of... The, you know the proliferation of the dot work and the patterns and the sacred geometry is anybody or any of us not influenced I, by I, it? I, I, I totally agree. I, I think with, with Zed, he was. I, I think without him, we wouldn't have as many of the tattooists that we have now that kind of do that style of tattooing because he did bring it to the forefront. He he took Absolutely. something that wasn't that popular i would say and he, he went with it and it become like it's just become massive yeah without a shadow of a doubt legend legendary terrorist massive love uh and condolences and you know peace and love and all the good happiness stuff to all of his family and friends uh thoughts are with you what we're trying to do is we, we're, we're trying to talk to you about uh criticism on the internet and maybe give you some insight into why it happens why you shouldn't feel bad about it when it does happen to you because we all experience it and how um if you are the kind of person that's doing it 
that maybe you should stop doing it because it's actually making you look worse than you think. It's not making you look clever, it's actually making you look a bit silly. So um, I think we should probably start with the most recent event uh, that has happened to the channel, which was a reel that we posted on Instagram uh, of uh, a little snippet of the recent Joe Capobianco interview that we did. Me, Chris, and my wife, Karen, who, who is in charge of the Instagram, the actual posting of it and everything, um, we all saw it and was and was like, no, it's, it's oh, fine. Oh, yeah, it was you know? perfectly but fine. It I was think looking, looking back on it now, I think that the problem is we'd already watched the interview and maybe what we'll do in future is we'll show them to people who haven't seen the interviews as maybe a... Well, I did that. You know, maybe, you know... That's, a, that's the thing, though. I did yeah. that. I showed it to the boys in work before they'd even seen the interview and they were all like... They were like, oh, that's fucking cool. There was nothing... And I even asked... I asked Reese about it today. And I and I, I turned on. I, I was like, people began thinking like he was shit-talking, you know, traditional tattooers and stuff yeah. like that. And he just looked at me because he doesn't do anything of the sort. He literally just says it how it is. What he's saying is... is is the, It's just... It is what it is. So let There's me explain no what happened. We did an interview with Joe Capobianco. Uh, we were very excited about doing it. Obviously, it's a big deal for the channel. He's a legendary tattooist. Um, just the fact that he agreed to sit down and let us film oh, the interview was amazing. was amazing to us. So we put the interview out. We want to put a bunch of reels together because Joe's got a lot of things to say and we wanted to be able to promote it and tell people about it and, you know, that we got this great interview with this amazing tattooist on the channel. So that's what we did. Uh, we put... We put a number of them out, but one in particular, as for us, has gone kind of viral, right? We, you know, our reels normally get, I don't know, between one and four thousand ish views is about average. But this one is like, you know, it's like I think the last time we looked, it was at, it was up at 90 odd thousand views, which for us is a viral video, right? It might not be in the world of the internet, but it is for us. What Joe is saying in the context of the interview, what he's actually saying is that traditional is a style. Um, and and uh, if if done correctly, you wouldn't you sh wouldn't necessarily be able to tell which traditional artist did the style. He's actually not being rude about anybody no. else. He say what he says in the full interview is the reason that he's not as good at traditional or as suited to it is that he has a style of drawing that he finds very difficult to get rid of because that's how he yeah. draws, right? And and I completely understand that. I, I, I find it difficult to draw traditional things because it's just not how I yeah. draw. And... So he's actually saying that that's one of his limitations, not one of not anybody else's limitations, right? You know. So uh, if you've seen the reel and you're butthurt about it, I don't imagine you'd be here doing it because I imagine most of you guys have seen the interview. If you haven't, go and watch it. He makes some really good points about styles, having your own styles, and um, and all that. But the way this little snippet is cut, I guess if you were. Um, Funny. I don't know, a particularly fucking stupid or a, a bit of a snowflake. You might, or a, a really big fanboy of traditional tattooing that doesn't want to hear anything bad said against it. Um, then maybe, 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 maybe you could think, what's he got? What right has he got to say that? Maybe this real 
is maybe look makes it look like that. I personally don't think it does. I've spoken to Joe, and Joe said, because uh, I offered to take it down if it was causing him any problems, and he was like, nah, fuck it, it's fine, don't worry about it, guys. And he was actually like, it's pretty pretty clever, you know, <laughs> it's it's it's, uh, it's taking off. So, you know, shit happens, right? Uh, and so ultimately, you know, we are a wanna, media company. Sorry, yeah, no, so, on. like, one thing I want to I wanna touch on that is that with the traditional side of things, it's like... If you took 10 traditional Taoists, right, that may all have their own traditional style of drawing, but you gave them the same design, then they should all be able to do it yeah. exactly the same. And I think that's the point that he's making. It's like yeah. a traditional Taoist, because that's the way tattooing was back then. It was like everybody shared flash seats. Everything was done off a flash sheet. And, you know, if you were a good traditional Taoist... It doesn't matter if where yeah. you're from. If you're all doing it from the same sheet of flash, it will all look the same. It's only when people start putting their own flair on things and redrawing stuff that they look different. But regardless of what you draw, like if you still have the right fundamental skills as a traditional tattooist, if you copy a design, it doesn't matter if you are the best in the world or if you are a, a really good no-name tattooist, they should still look the same. Like, I'm pretty sure if me and you got a piece of flash that was a traditional traditional design and we both yeah. tattooed it, it would both yeah, look totally. the same. But as this is the internet... Do you know um, what I mean? Uh, nobody was interested in that because that's very sensible, right? That's a very sensible point of view. But it's the, this is the internet where there isn't a sensible point of view. So the comments on Joe's, on, on our post, very quickly turned away from tattooing and into like doom slinging and virtue signalling and the anti-everything brigade kind of turned up and we're like, what's all this to talk about? And you know how it goes with this stuff, right? The comments usually, you know, those kind of comments, they get like a 100 replies from, a, you know, a bunch of people whose um, usernames always look like fucking lead hackers off of the Matrix or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know? or they just really shit Taoists. Yeah, just, or, well, within minutes, they've managed to turn the, this, the, the post and the discussion onto the post into a think piece about abortion and then by about the 10th comment they're all onto gun control uh, race religion politics uh, trans people in sport and then paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs about the fucking magna carta right and this is where it's kind of this is where it's kind of gone right so um we're kind of looking at it with like fucking hell this this went this went pear-shaped really quickly what's everybody going on about you know because at this point it's got almost nothing to do with you know what joe's talking about it's more about his haircut and things like that which is just fucking rude oh that fucking that was annoying well it was, there was one that bothered me that was like from some like sort of white savior virtue signaler um that wasn't even a tattooist knew nothing about tattoo. i mean i think it got a couple of tattoos you know and I'm like, you, you, what are you commenting about here? This has got nothing to do with you. But so Joe put up a post to address the doom slingers. And the thing I loved about it was almost immediately on Joe's post, on his on his uh, Instagram profile, because I went on and put a post up to basically confirm what he'd said and say, look, there's, he's had nothing to do with this edit. If you're going to point any fingers at anybody, yeah. then point them at me and the tattoo show because we're the people responsible for this. Uh, Joe shouldn't be getting in any trouble for it, right? And then somebody posted immediately, like, fuck the English, it's all their fault. 
what I wanted to say is, um, as Chris, uh, because this commenter doesn't know or clearly doesn't understand that calling Chris Welsh is a bit like calling an American Canadian or vice versa, as Chris is Welsh and not English, um, I guess that's, that means that that post is just on me. And so apparently I'm the worst person ever because fuck the English, it's everything's our fault, right? <laughs> and so that means that all the problems in the world are on me now. You know, I did everything, I'm responsible for everything. So I'd like to apologise officially and say all the problems in the world are my fault, sorry, my bad, I guess. I mean, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck the English, it's all their fault. If the English didn't lose the fucking war or the war of independence, you motherfuckers would have free health care. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you wouldn't it's, have Donald oh, Trump man, as president. It's just, it's, and, well, what would have happened if, because um, Joe very kindly deleted the uh, post, uh, because Joe, honestly, there's we haven't there's no problem between us, you know. And um, so he deleted the post because he doesn't feel that way. But what I was going to do was go on and just collect the guy's English because he used the wrong version of their. He used T-H-E-R-E. And I was just going to go on and go, look, if you are going to insult me in my own language, you could at least spell it correctly, for fuck's sake. You know, but I thought that's just, that's just going to make him worse. And of yeah. course, making him worse is, you know, not what you want to do. And I'm sure that it's not, you know, for any of you like out there, this isn't like an isolated incident. Um, it's something that we all see every day when we're scrolling on the internet. There's, you know, there's always them people. And they, they're a certain type of person that sees every comment section as an opportunity to spit their own brand of, like, doom-fueled um, and, in, I guess in this case, slightly racist venom. I, I think a lot of it as well, mate, is this uneducated as well. So, like, I, I, one thing I learned from looking at the comments was there were a lot of people, like, like I, I commented back on one of them and they ended up taking it down, but somebody was, like, basically commented on Joe's video and was saying, like, maybe you should concentrate on, on like you know creating and working on your own style and you should and I'm like do you even fucking know who this guy is I'm like if it wasn't for this fucking tattooist right there wouldn't be as many fucking new school artists he is one of the fucking godfathers of new school absolutely he's got his own style he has influenced fucking thousands of tattooists have a look at his profile, watch the video, and fucking give your head a wobble, like, do you mean? But but then go and, do you know what I said earlier on about, like, shit tattooists? You go and you look at the people's, like, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but at the same time, I do. You know, you you look at some of these people that are making these venomous comments and, 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 and completely fucking uneducated comments by saying, like, oh, you should fucking make your own style. Yeah. You go and look at their fucking portfolios and you look at their Instagrams and, like, I'm, I, I just want to go back and be like, you know what, I tell you what, instead of being a cunt on the internet, get your head down and fucking concentrate on learning the tattoo. And then once you've learned the tattoo and once you have developed your own style and have influenced thousands of fucking people, then come back and make a comment on this video. Well, I've got, I've got something scientific to add to that because there's actually a reason for that. And I'm going to come to that in the second example uh, that we're going to use today. But before we move on, um, so I've, I've got a couple of things to, to, um, maybe hold my hands up about, I guess. Um, I don't think so, but like, so my question is, are we to blame for cutting the piece a, a, a little bit tight and a little bit out of context? Well, as Chris has already explained, we didn't cut it and AI fucking 
app did it for us and we just went yeah that's good that's good that's good yeah um but my question is in, in the world of media because we are essentially a media company even though we're a tiny little media company we are in media maybe we could have used a different section of that video but would anybody have noticed it if we had you know would anybody have watched the now because we live at the moment we live no. in you know a, a, a time when news is um, is, you know, the quality of news is going down and down and down and media, you know, all the, even the mainstream media is, you know, not really reporting anything that isn't guaranteed to get clicks. So you find yourself... Yeah, it's all clickbait shit. Yeah, you find yourself as a little tiny YouTube channel with a little tiny Instagram, you know, not having to do that, but, like, it certainly doesn't hurt if, you know, you've got something that on first... First view, like slightly triggers people. It's why if you look at our thumbnails, that there's always all all the videos that do quite well are the ones that kind of challenge you. You know, the, that first statement, you go, well, what? Let's better see what they have to yeah. say about that. It's kind of the game that we have to play. Is that we kind of? It's not clickbait because we hate to do that, but there's a definite clickbait element to it. <laughs> it's not, but it's it is. not, but it sort <laughs> of is because you know. And I've got an example of this, right? So. Um, you know, because the, the whole slinging of doom everywhere, it's everywhere in, in the media. And, I, I, you know, I've got some advice for um, for ways of, you know, of getting away from that if it's if it's really bothering you. It's actually being seen now, I don't know if you know this, mate, but it's actually being seen as a proper addiction. And they're actually te- uh, doom scrolling. Post-pandemic, they're actually starting to, like, treat people for addiction because you can... I can't remember who I uh, who I saw say that. I think it was Jay Shetty that I saw say this. That now you can because of the because it's kind of like that phrase: if it bleeds, it leads, right? You know, it's and that's kind of always been media, but it's got really out of hand. And so you can now, as a human being, you can experience yeah. more pain in a single day with the internet than the average Victorian human could experience an entire lifetime that's how much sadness and misery we're experiencing on a daily basis which is why a lot of people don't watch the news uh, because they literally can't for their own mental health it just fucks them up right so like i said to you at the beginning the algorithm prioritizes things that get people outraged and like, like we we used to tell you in the early days of the show it doesn't matter if you click to us it doesn't matter if you click thumbs up thumbs or thumbs down. down because the algorithm doesn't actually care because a thumb up and a thumb down are the same to the algorithm like if if we if this particular video got a million thumbs down it would be as popular with the algorithm in in, in terms of pushing it out to other people as if it had got a million thumbs up which is not necessarily good for us as humans if you're getting something that everybody hates but you're having it pushed at you and pushed at you and pushed at you because it means that bad news um, is always going to travel much, much faster than good news. Do you know what I mean? The problem that we run into is that, you that, you know, with that, it's you're, you're just being fed a diet of uh, yeah. negativity. So there, there are ways around it. And if you're at all interested in uh, avoiding that, then... Um, there's there's lots of techniques that you can use. I won't go into it in this video because we're not really worried about uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but you can you know it, like hit us up in the comments and if you if you want to know about that, I'll make a little post about it about some advice that I've got for you. Um, like I can give you the quick bullet points. Is um, 
Don't consume news on more than a weekly basis. Use a thick, that's called slow news. Find um, solution-based news rather than just um, news that is, uh, you, you know, alarmist because, you know, alarmist news is, is, is what, uh, travels the fastest and you don't need that stuff and um, and that will instantly make you feel a little bit better because you do need to stay on top of the news because a lot of um, they've done they've done a lot of studies over the years into people that don't watch the news that only catch the headlines are much more likely to think that the world's fucked than, than the people are actually informed but as news and the quality of news gets worse and worse and it's not all news outlets some people some journalists are working really hard to address this but as news gets more and more doom laden this is becoming um, it's uh, I've got know, it's called um, something bias it's not cognitive bias it's different it's a it's an access bias basically availability bias that's what it is if every little bit of news as you're scrolling through or your social media tells you that the world's about to blow up and that's the only bit you read you will be under the impression that the world is going to blow up any minute when if you if you actually consume news slower on a weekly basis not news that finds you news like feed based news that you can go and find then um, you uh, you are allowed to consume rather than it be pumped out at you. You can actually get a wider view, and it actually makes you feel better as a human, you know. Um, but to give you an idea of why, because you might be sitting there going, "Well, why? You know, why did newspapers and media outlets and all this? Why did they just have all this bad news all the time?" So recently. No, a few years ago now, a Russian online newspaper called The City Reporter uh, decided as a test that they would post for one day only positive news, right? So instead of reporting all of the shit that's going to kill you and, you know, and, and all of those things, they thought, no, what we'll do is we'll report only nice things that, that are not alarming, you know, all, all nice things. You know, man's puppy uh, is, is, is well now. It's, it's OK. You know what I mean? You know, Dave's found it. You know, Russian Dave's found his hat that blew away two years ago. That, you know, that kind of news. Right. And so they did that for a day and they lost you two thirds of their readership. Right? If you, if you, if you look at our Instagram for an example, right? And let's just use that Joe Capobianco post. That one has got 94.9k views on it. So that's the one that people thought was like bad or negative. But then there's a post announcing the winner of the giveaway. So positive news. So you got like 2,000 fucking views. The thing is, and that, that's the problem in media for media companies, is that if you want to... Um, if you want to ensure that people will see it, you've got to wrap it in doom slinging, you know, and, and that's what you've got to do because the algorithm will make it travel. But it's bad for people and we're not supposed to experience this do, amount do of Do you sadness. think, though, that, it, that it's forcing you to attract negative people? You know, there are people out there looking for good news and if you keep putting out mm. good news, you will attract those people. It'll just take longer. But by putting out the yeah. bad and the, the news that is, you know, viral and all that bullshit, like, you're going to get that yeah. instant fix. And, and what I think when it comes down to media companies... Well, I mean, I, I think this show is... I think this show is, a, is an example of that. It would be very easy for us to make every uh, single episode an absolute oh, hatchet yeah. job. Oh, fuck Of course we could. On, 
tattooists and events in the tattooing. We could we could sensationalise yeah. everything that and we do and decades. make it a really big deal. But you'd have a lot. But our comment se- section, for the most part, is incredibly yeah, it would be positive. far more toxic. And uh, and we have a nice little community. Oh, it'd be it, it would be unreadable. It'd be a, a fucking horrible toxic mess. And I, for one, don't no, need that in my life. You know, and I'm sure no you guys don't. But, so but what, what it, I'm getting at is know? like, and this is the fucked up thing. And this is why they always say like bad shit. Everything fucking goes back to money. And it's like companies that are putting these posts up to get all these clicks that is so it's all sensationalized. They're making money off the clicks. So the more clicks they get, the more well, money yeah, they make. But that's that's the name of the game. So, you know, yeah. money, that's money the name is totally evil, it's, isn't it? Well, it'd, it'd be like we could be, you know, I guess we could be um I guess really jaded about it, or um, I'm trying to think of a better word for it. You know, we could well, jaded will do for now until I think of the right word. But we, we could approach it from, you know, we want to get loads of sponsors. All we need to do is get the numbers up there. So we all we do is we just have a pop at all the big companies, take the piss out of them, um, talk shit about you know famous artists and you know yeah. and rubbish them and you know and everything yeah. that we can get. And we'll you know all you. All you'll you'll do, yeah, okay. You know, you'll you'll get eyeballs on your stuff, and you know, we can we get more clicks People on stuff. People just think you're a dickhead, though, you're just, But everybody thinks you're a, an absolute fucking wanker. So what's the point? You know, it's like it's no good for anybody. But ultimately, in closing this little bit of the story, because we'll move on to the second example in a minute, because I think it's m- more useful for you lot. Um, so it has been a lesson learned for us, and it's something that we'll look. Uh, a little bit more closely at and pay attention to in future. We'll we'll have to look at it with a slightly different mindset now to make sure that, you know, we don't find ourselves in that position. Fortunately, there's no harm done to us or to Joe. So, and, and our relationship with Joe. So that, that, that's really nice to know, but we'll do that because we can handle criticism and we have a, a thing that we call, you know, the corrective feedback loop in place. Now that's a fancy way of saying that, all the people around us watch the show and tell us when we're being yeah, twats, that's true. right? And they'll go, cut that bit out, you're being twatty. Me and Chris do it to each other all the time because we're old friends and we can pull each other up when we go, fucking hell, man, that was a bit out of order, yeah. we're cutting that. And because occasionally we get into it, you know, and but all the, all of our friends around us who watch the show, they'll pull us up and go, I don't think that is right or I don't think that show's as good as it could have been and you could do that better. And that's part of fucking life um us understanding you know being normal human beings and and not thinking that our shit don't stink you know what i mean we know that sometimes uh we could do a better job so whenever possible we delete the footage and we try and do it again you know what i mean rather than just put out yeah. shit for you guys you know you, you're good enough to spend your sunday mornings with us we take that relationship very seriously i'm not blowing smoke up your ass that's the truth and so we don't want you to sit here for 40 minutes listening to absolute bollocks. You need to get something out of it, which is why, like I was telling you about the kind of media I like to consume, I, I and myself and Chris, we both like to give you solution-based content so that we post uh, an argument, we make a statement, but then we offer solutions for how we've solved it as maybe advice for ways that you can solve those issues in your life. And so um, I'm going to start telling you about the second example. And while I do that, Chris is going to go and have I was going to... I was going to touch on something first, though. What, the tip of your dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
I think this second example might be more useful for you guys out there because I know a lot of you are tattoo are tattooing you're learning to tattoo you're going to be in this world if you're not already in this world and uh, dealing with criticism is something that unfortunately all of us that put our work out online we have to deal with on you know a, a, a daily basis really you know and the the more stock there is in your name the more followers that you get the more criticism that you get so to give you a bit of background, recently um, I did a deal with Barber DTS and I joined their pro team. Now, it's a it's a really good deal for me. I, I really like the way Barber do it. Yes, I know they're part of the Nexus group uh, and, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, there's the whole narrative that it's not part of the tattoo world and blah, blah, blah. I am going to make an episode all about that because I've got a counter argument for some of those narratives that might be... Uh, make you change your mind about what those companies can do for us as an industry we just have to learn to work with them slightly differently but nevertheless I did this deal and so you know pretty soon after they did the deal um, they shared one of my tattoo pictures on their feed and it got a lot of negative hurtful comments now quite I mean, honestly, right? I've had my fair share of negativity throughout my career so far, and at this point, it's just become water off a duck's back, as they say, and it it didn't really even register with me. But I could have, um, and I might have, you know, ten or twelve years ago, I might have um, put all of their main comments, screen grabbed them all, put them all in a folder, and then put them all up here um, on screen for you to see. Um, and, you know, then gone through their Instagrams and pulled up, uh, you know, all of the bad versions of their tattooing and all of their tattoos with needle marks in and blown out lines. And, you know, every, every time they've put a foot wrong to make myself feel better. And, you know, we could have all took the piss out of them and commented and said how shit they were. But quite honestly, that would make me just as bad as those people. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not interested in descending to other, th those kind of people's level, right? Can I, I say prefer... something? Yeah, of course you can. I Welcome back, by the way. Yeah, I am back. <laughs> happy. It's all, it's, all, it's all of this liquid death that I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what, a great, what a great advert for liquid death. I need to pee more now that I drink liquid death. Do you want to pee more? Drink liquid death. Do you want to stay hydrated? Do you want to lose weight? Drink liquid death because you'll have to be running back and forth to the toilet because you'll be pissing like fuck. Um, no, like touching on what you were saying, Nick, because obviously I was listening to him when I was having a piss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to like, him peeing in my ear while I was talking to you. It's incredibly off-putting. Listening to your mate peeing. <laughs> we're so used to it now. We like we were so used to it now. It's just what There's you have to no do when boundaries you to left anymore. No boundaries. No left. boundaries. No boundaries. <laughs> uh, no. So like touching on that, it's like I think I I so I I seen the reel and I was like, oh well, then fucking congratulations, you you're part of the team and all that bollocks. And then I seen the comments and I fucking got angry for Paul. I was like fucking ready to like be like, yo motherfucker fucking tattoos go red it's just the way it is i've looked at your work you fucking shit learn to fucking shade properly and not be fucking choppy i was ready to fucking lose my shit on behalf of paul but i didn't because he told me not to because i was like ready to fucking go mental like but yeah it's i've just... got him and uh, jono from barbara on the phone like really angry on my behalf and i'm like 
my thing, I think I said to both of you, was like, guys, welcome to my fucking world. Don't worry about it. It's like, it's just Wednesday. Like, but, 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 but do you, do you think it, though that, sorry, I just want to just, it's all right. before you let, just, I'll let you carry on then. But do you think, right, that the people made those comments because we're living in a fucking world, right, where everybody desaturates their fucking pictures and nobody knows what a real fucking tattoo looks like because tattoos go red depending on your age the fucking older you are if you're if you're a, an older person your tattoo's going to go a bit redder the younger you are maybe not so much but depending on the part of the body your age what your skin is like tattoos go fucking red well okay i've, look, so I've seen I pictures prefer... of that tattoo healed as well so i just want to i just want to i just this is my opportunity to fucking to finally fucking say my what <laughs> I wanted to fucking <laughs> defend your fucking honor. Like, do you mean? Um, I <coughs> I've seen photographs of that tattoo healed, and it's fucking healed fine. So all these fucking dickheads, right, that are making those comments. The difference between your tattoos and Paul's is. Paul's tattoo healed fine. The grey healed smooth, the black healed black. Your tattoos still healed looking choppy as fuck. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so here's my approach to it, right? In, in, in all fairness to the people that made the terrible comments, right, there's a couple of things. One is I think they thought they were looking at a black and grey portrait, which, of course, is not what I do right it's it, and it's only it's only the first session of uh, a much bigger piece right so it's only one element from a, a more complete design and it's not actually black and grey it's only black and grey in its approach to start with but there's a lot more to happen to that tattoo yet so I like to give those people the benefit of the doubt because as a black and grey portrait it would only have two tones in it black and the one tone of grey that I use but that's for a, a very um, a very specific reason right it's not actually a piece of realism it just looks realistic it's not realism um and the the other thing is that, that what i didn't post because i didn't feel it necessary to explain to it that the actual tattoo was done in about two and a half hours on the inner bicep of a guy in his 60s now it was done in two and a half hours because he's a bit budget limited and that's all he could afford and i said man i'll get it done but, you know, if you're tattooing quickly, and particularly if you're tattooing somebody a bit older, hello, redness, my old friend. I mean, that's exactly. just the way. You're going to produce redness if you move quickly. Now, if I'd got 43 hours to put it in, then I, I could have gone much steadier. But this guy hasn't got a great deal of money, and why should that be a barrier for him to get tattoos from me? I just said, look, it's a bit red at the moment. It'll be fine when it calms down. In all fairness, when it's healed, he's got a little dink in the eye where he's caught it. He's got a little scab in it. But other than that, it's absolutely fine. Um, but in all fairness, those people, I think they thought they were looking at something, and they didn't realise. Now, why they don't didn't they realise? that you were the great Paul Talbot, and you know what you're doing. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, why, why don't they understand those two things, right? So... Is that the two things about these main comments is uh, what you have to understand is everybody, no matter how shit they are at it, can get attention from people by doom slinging. So they can get people to talk to them and laugh at their jokes by saying mean shit about you on, on your work and it, and it makes them seem better, right? And uh, and all that. But and the other thing, as we all of you will have experienced, 
if you get any criticism online from another tattooist, generally that criticism comes from somebody who is always dog shit at tattooing. It's never by somebody who's a phenomenal tattooer. Because yeah, because they'd give you positive... They would they literally... Give, or they, well, they'll give you positive feedback. No, like, sorry. If they no, don't think you've done a good job, they'll give you constructive criticism, right? Whereas... The people who are terrible are like, the people are like, oh, you suck at tattooing, you should give in. And it's, and then you go and have a look at their profile and like, mate, like, I don't even know why you did more than one tattoo because the first tattoo <laughs> no. you did shows you've got no fucking aptitude no. for this job. You know, you, fuck's you, sake. You should say, you should be like, like oh, you're fucking shit, you should give in. It's like, you shouldn't have even fucking started me. <laughs> right. But do you know why? There's, there's a really good reason why they do this. I have a couple of theories. Why do these people do it? When they're rubbish at tattooing, why do they think they're so good at tattooing? And why do they think that it's that they're the perfect person to criticise your work when anybody looking at their work could, could immediately see that they're not nearly as, uh, as adept at as tattooing as you are, right? Except for them, right? Well, this is a thing called cognitive bias, when it comes to things like cognitive bias, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't know if you're shit if, if you've never seen brilliant. That's basically how it works. If you've never seen um, a brilliant uh, tattoo, you don't, you, like the world-class tattoo, up close, actually being done or finished, you won't understand what excellence looks like in your field. So if, if everybody around you is rubbish and telling you that you're brilliant, you're, you're basically just the best of a bad bunch. Um I have been fortunate enough that a lot of my friends and the people that I hang out with are, in my opinion, some of the best tattooists in the world. And I've seen some of the best tattoos that have ever been done, ever, you know, up close. Um, and so I understand very clearly where my abilities lie. So I, you know, and this is true of a lot of people, and I'm not comparing myself to any of these people, but if you're, I don't know, Michael Jordan, um, you know, and you're exceptional in your field, uh, any one of these people that's exceptional in the field, they tend to actually think they're just above average. They underestimate what they do. Whereas if you're absolutely rubbish at it or you've never done it you've just watched Miami Inc a couple of times um, you you don't realize that the stuff you're saying is nonsense to professionals right that's just that's just how it fucking works right and um, and so and let, so let me give you an example of how this comes about so as you all know when I was a kid but I was like 16 or something I started working in a recording studio I'd been playing the guitar for a few years and you know, I can play chords and scales and songs and I kind of know how it works and stuff. But, um, but I'm a tea boy, right? Tea boy, gardener, dog's body, whatever. Uh, but the studio that I work in, the guys that are coming in there, you know, this isn't Nashville by any stretch of the imagination, but these guys are some of the best guitar session guitar players in the UK coming to play sessions. So... I'm basically bringing them their tea and going, oh, that's a nice guitar. And then they pick it up, they play a couple of licks on it and you go, well, how do you play that? And I was always, you know, for about three or four years when I worked in that studio, I was the worst guitar player in the room all the time um, because these guys are fucking great, right? Um, now, for me, that's amazing because I learned 
you know, to play the guitar and I learned how to do the Nashville numbering system for chord charts and everything from these guys. Um, and all the time I'm aware that I've got so much more work to do that when I would go home, I would sit and I would practice what I'd learned that day or some stuff that I'd seen. And I was always very well aware that, you know, I was not nearly as good as these guys. And then after a few years, you realise, oh, actually, I'm a little bit better now. I'm still not anywhere near as good, but I've closed the gap a little bit. So you've got a really good idea that you've improved. Um, and and so I don't have this cognitive bias that, you know, because I can play two power chords, I think I'm fucking Jimi Hendrix or anything. I'm, I'm sitting with guys that could play me up and down the stairs with one arm tied behind their back, you know what I mean? And... Uh, when you're exposed to that kind of thing, like i.e. you're the shittest at it in the room, you can only get better, right? And if you can accept that discomfort of knowing that, like, you know, you ain't all that, you know, it like you got a long way to go. Um, you're actually in, in, in you're going to get better much quicker. Whereas if you're sitting there going, oh, I'm amazing, that, that, that tattoo's far too red, I'll, co I'll complain about it on the internet. You're never going to get any better. You're never getting any better. You know what I mean? Because you already think you're the best the in the really... fucking world, right? <laughs> but do, do, do the ironic thing, right? It's just like if they had done their fucking tattoo properly, then maybe their tattoo would have looked probably would have been redder. Because they you know, because like when properly. you put the needles in far enough, that actually create a bit of redness, right? But that's what's going on. It's a, it's this thing called cognitive bias, and you you don't if you've never seen amazing, um, then you know, you're always going to talk shit about people because you think you're amazing. And the first, I mean, I'd hate to think what a, a revelation it would be for these people when they actually see some of the best tattoos in the world up close yeah. for the first time. Do you time. know another thing? You know, they could be tattooing for 10 years and then suddenly realise that you're not as not even as good as my year one apprentice. Yeah, so, so, you know, and you go, you've got a long way to go, you know? Get, you know, artists, tattooists, who have people going, oh, you're fucking amazing. You're the best in the world. And because they're not self-critical and they just take all that praise, they they think they're fucking amazing. So then when they're looking at other people's work, they have this fucking arrogance about themselves. So going like, oh, that is just terrible. I am fucking far much better than you, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, think I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's totally part of it. But what I was going to say is, you know, obviously, you know, you guys are learning to tattoo. You might already be tattooing. You'll be putting your work out there. The moment you start putting your work out there, you'll start getting stuff like this. It happens almost immediately. There's always some fucking twat knocking about on the internet that wants to make you feel like shit today. And um, so what I would, I would tell you is understand... When you click on the profile to find out who they are so that you can find them on the internet, go to their house and kill them, don't do that. It's like There's no need for any of that nonsense, right? It's um, what you have to understand. When you look at their work and go, Jesus, they can't, like, their line work looks like it was put in by Stevie Wonder on a fucking roller coaster or something like that, you know what I mean? And what you've got to remember is these people genuinely believe that they're amazing tattooists. They're not going to get any better. You don't 
worry yourself about it. Don't waste your time getting all bent out of shape about it. You, you will a little bit because we all do a little bit. We all get a bit like, fuck you, you know what I mean? We all have that thing where for a moment there's always a scene from a Jay and Silent Bob movie that plays in my head where at the end of the film, I think it's Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where they where the, all the people that said shit about them on the internet, they use the money that they get from Miramax to go round and beat up everybody on the internet that said mean things about them, like one at a time. And I'm like, yeah. But, but allow yourself that moment to be pissed off, but then understand that these people are never going to get better because they always think that they're the best. And all you've got to do is keep moving forward and ignore them because they're suffering from a cognitive bias that tells them that they're great because they're actually, but they're actually shit. Um, and just move on and get on with your day and put it to one side. Let it be, it does take a minute. I would, I will be honest with you. It took me a couple of years to get to the point where I can genuinely not have this stuff bother me at all now. But understand that there's there's no advantage to you getting bent out of shape about it. Um, do what one of the things that I did was I looked at it and went, okay, let's imagine that they're correct. Yeah. Right? Is there anything that I could have done in those two and a half hours to minimize the client's redness? Is there um, another machine that I could have used, maybe. Maybe I could have short used a shorter stroke machine. No, not really. But I don't think it was up all that. No, that, that's I, the thing. I, I don't. But like, what I like to do is I like to use that as a uh, as a okay. Take the criticism on board. See if there's anything about your technique that maybe you could you could improve, and and get better. As it was, I actually went back to it and went, no, that's exactly how I would do that tattoo every day of the week because with the time constraint and the age of the client, the redness is unavoidable and pretty much. And you know how to do it properly. Um, that, that's, that's I know how to thing. put it in. I, also, I know my tones of my ink because I've been using the same grey wash system for a long time now. Uh, and so I know that when I put it in, I know what colour it's going to heal, even if it does trust, go darker. Is that because you trust your pigments, Paul? I trust I trust my pigments, you know. I'm, you know, I don't need a tonal break. I just trust my pigments, you know. Just get on, get on with it, and get it done. And so, I guess that's our criticism and how to deal with it advice for uh, this week. You got anything else you want to add, mate? Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck them. And so, with that, this has been that tattoo show. I've been Paul, and I've been Chris. Tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest, tell all those people commenting on the internet that opinions are like arseholes. Everybody's got one, and we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. I hope this has been helpful. Damn, fuck off. <laughs> no, hey, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> no, we're joking. Goodbye. Trump. Trump. Mm -hmm.